0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Golden Walk Magazine, the literary magazine for your ears. I am one of its editors, David Walker, bringing you the last issue of 2016. Um, squeezing it in, last couple hours, the 11th hour, if you will. Um, not sure it's that late, but it's, it's close enough and uh hoping that you are having a safe and wonderful new year's eve and that this year 2017 uh is gonna be better than 2016 as i wish every year is better than the previous um just upward trajectory that would be good all right so anyway bringing you a brand new story from chad mcdonald titled i wondered why he used one shot can't say that this is an uplifting story, but I can say that the imagery in it is wonderful, that the imagery in it is haunting, and that uh, by the end of it, you know whether you expected this kind of story or not, or whether in the recesses of your mind you were saying, I wanted to hear a story like this one for the new year, um, by the end of it, I'm hoping that you will say that this was a perfect way to start off the new year. Um, Chad McDonald's, I Wondered Why He Used One Shot. Hope you enjoy it.
1: I Wondered Why He Used One Shot by Chad McDonald. I heard a scream coming from the kitchen window. My bed springs popped and snapped as I rolled off the top of the mattress. The blanket dragged behind me like a lizard's tail. It was only one quick loud scream and then silence. I even echo followed it. Orange streetlights bled through the closed blinds. Mom's room was shut, she liked sleeping with the door closed. I walked past the door and peeped between the, blade, the blinds' blades, spreading them apart with the tips of my fingers. Across the cul-de-sac in front of Chucky's trailer, Miss Thompson was slid halfway up and halfway down on the ground, held by Mr. Thompson, who lurched over her, gripping her and pulling her up by her shoulders. It was late at night. The time with the dew is fresh the grass is slippery. I figured she slipped and he caught her. Went back to bed. Chris, Mom wants to talk. Jeb, my older brother, shook me by the shoulder. Shook the clouds drifting in my head and between my eyes. I dreamt of shining dew on the late night grass, sprinkled orange by the street lights. Where's she at? I asked him. In the living room? He was already strolling into the hallway. His Power Ranger PJs were fuzz and staticky from the dryer still. Our carpet's green. Not green like grass, green like a dish scrubber. Feels about the same on my feet. It's a hungry kind of carpet. Swallows up chip, crumbs, and dust mites before the vacuum got a chance to eat. Mom was reading the Bible on the couch. The window I peeped out of last night was drawn back, and the bright sun poured into the room, causing the floating dust in our trailer to glitter like glass in the air. Dad was still off in Afghan, killing people that wanted to kill us. Mom read the Bible a lot more than when the towers fell. She patted a seat on the couch. I sat next to her. Her hugs were warm. Her hair smelled like Dollar Tree shampoo. Jap sat on the ground and called over Cinnamon, our German shepherd. She always woke up Ma first before waking up the rest of us. Ma was still hugging me for some reason. She finally let go and rubbed my shoulder. Something happened to Chucky's Ma, Ma said. I wanted to tell her that I dreamed of dew on the grass last night, That I felt the coolness of it the same way I felt the roughness of the carpet on my floor. She was stabbed, Jeff piped in while rubbing Cinnamon's soft belly. Hush, Jeb. Molly used the boom of her army voice. She used to, she used to be a tank commander till she accidentally had Jeb. Through the window, three cop cars sat in the front lawn. Some of the lights still flashed. Yellow tape outlined the front lawn like a fence. Two of the cops stood in front of their cars, staring cross-armed at the, cross-armed at the spot exactly where Miss Thompson was. The others ran around with gloves, papers, and suits. I couldn't see Chucky or his dad anywhere. She was stabbed? I asked Ma. I couldn't take my eyes off the front lawn. I could still see him lurched over her, helping her back up from the slippery grass. Yeah, he uh, he stabbed her seven times after bleeding on the front lawn. Ma took her glasses off and set them down on top of the Bible. I guess she wanted to see outside the window with the blur softened the view. What's gonna happen to Chucky? I asked Moving to his aunt's She whipped around to me You don't speak about this to him You got me? I nodded my head I heard Miss Thompson's gonna fry for it Jeb scratched him in behind her ear now While hypothetically looking out the window The dog sneezed and shook her head Let man fry him God'll sort it out from there Ma put her glasses back on And opened the back up the Bible Peeking over her shoulder I saw that she was reading Leviticus that day Starlings squatted and pecked on a front lawn. They pecked the ground like they hated the earth. Sunlight cut their feathers, making them glow rainbows and oil spills. None of them landed on Chucky's lawn. Chucky's aunt lived out in the projects. The projects breamed stomp-clap gospel and old bass seasoning. Grills hissed with grease as a drum bass beat bounced off the cracked and chipped brick buildings. The smells were the strongest. You could walk blind through the projects and find your way home with them. The Birch family was out back sizzling a rubbed rib. I waved hi to them all and they waved back and smiling. They cooked on the same grill that Mr. Thompson fed us with. He cooked the best dry rub rub. rub. They were always grainy and crisp on top, juicy when you crack the skin. We'd wake up to cobwebs filling the food cabinet, and Maud would tell us not to worry, Mr. Thompson would be cooking that day. He cooked for everybody, his family, my family, the block, the whole projects. He cooked for the stray dogs that wandered by brushing soft snouts against his stained jeans, asking for a bite. We were at one of his barbecues when I asked him what to do with the Char- what to do with Charlotte, our old dog dying from bad eyes and worse hips. He would gently speckle brown sauce mixed with spices of plants I can't pronounce. I told him she was dying. Dad was gone, and my ain't got the heart or money to help Charlotte on the way out. He said he'd help her. He told me he grew up with a, with a dad that was gone, too took Charlotte in his arms and carried her through the woods a bit of rib was in his bucket for her to eat Elsa had a 22 click clack load with one round he told us one round is all you needed he said she didn't feel a thing and the last thing she'd remember is the best meal of her life and a beautiful walk through the woods he brought a red matching leash and collar back for us I wondered why he used one shot on Charlotte but stabbed Miss Thompson seven times How he cooked for strays in my family, but left Miss Thompson to die in cold, wet grass. I knocked on Annie's door. Several locks clicked open, and the door popped into her house. She smiled bright white teeth at me. Her eyes were pink and red, though. They looked glossy by tears. She still smiled. How you doing, big boy? She hugged me with thick, warm arms. She smelled like the spices that Mr. Thompson used. I'm fine. Can Chuckie play? He's been in his bed the whole day. you think you can get him out of it for a bit. I don't think it'd hurt none. She stepped out of the doorway and just towards the stairs. The walls on the inside used to be white, Chucky told me. Now they were yellow, like sick skin. Cracks and stains painted veins across the surface. I opened Chuck's bedroom door without knocking. He laid face down, drowning in blankets and pillows. DMX spat through his headphones. He wore a wife beater and gym shorts. It was the same outfit he had on yesterday. I shook him, and he turned to me. His pillow was wet from sleep, drooling tears. He threw the headphones off his head and paused the CD player. You want to go outside? I asked him. You think you can snatch up some cigs first? He asked me. I shrugged my shoulders. It was easier for me to snatch stuff off people. Grown-ups thought I was too sweet to steal, to be thieving like the thugs from the projects. I can swipe some. Somewhere? I told him. I held out my hand, and he stared at it like it was a knife. Come on, Chuck,' I told him. "'He took my hand, and I pulled him out of the bed "'like I was pulling a body out of a river. "'You got the projects in the west, "'and a rock quarry in the woods on the east. "'North of that is Mr. Shaw's horse farm, "'and a single dirt road that dusts up alongside of it. "'Mr. Shaw didn't mind none if we hop his fence, walk through the fields, and play with the horses. "'Chucky didn't want to play with the horses that day, though. "'He said he preferred walking through the dirt between the trees, "'blindly following the dirt path.' I did whatever he wanted and figured it helped We were walking on the side of the dirt trail Watching rusted trucks with fresh fruit in their beds drive by The sun was too bright We walked with squinted eyes and wrinkled faces from it You, uh, you like the new DMX? I asked him I felt like my voice gently spoken, broke the silence Silence filled with rustling leaves in the wind Chirping mopping birds Chucky didn't talk Didn't look at me the whole walk he stared out at the winds and bends of this dirt road. Trucks would rumble and rattle past us, blaring CCR. He didn't turn his head to watch them pass by. Further down the road, turkey vultures fluttered and bumbled over a bumpy mass. Another truck rumbled down the road. Its engines yawned and creaked with the metal gears clacking around in it. Do you want to head back yet, Chuck? I shook the guy's shoulder. He kept walking down the road. Vultures cluttered like fat feathered flies, scuttled crab-like over the bump on the side of the road. One peeked its head up, blood was drooling from the bottom of its beak. The rest began to saunter back. They cleared like a black parted water. What do you think it'll look like? Chucky asked me. He whipped a cig out of his pocket and lit it. I wondered if the dead thing in the middle of the road was what he was staring at down the horizon. You mean the roadkill? He passed me the cig. I I dragged it, long and hard. I tried not to cough and still did. My lungs sizzled. Yeah. What you think it'll look like? Closer up and all the vultures burst into a storming cloud of feathers. They flew through the air like whistling throw knives. Wings cut wind like a blade through a soft stake. I stopped to let them pass, but Chucky kept walking. Like a fish swimming through a wave. He walked like he knew them. Like he shared a meal with them. A small red pony laid on its side by the road. Its eyes were wide open. Sunlit da- sunlight danced on them. Black marble. It would have been bloated if the buzzards didn't pop a hole in its tummy. Several holes were sprouted around it. The white bone of its chest poked through the pink and red mass of torn meat and blood. The poor guy must have hopped the fence, stumbled onto the road at the wrong time. Another truck rumbled by. The driver honked, tw- the driver honked twice and waved high at us. You okay, Chuck? I asked him as he stumbled back a bit away from the horse. Chuck didn't stare at the horse. He stared at the ropey guts pulled out of the skin, shining pink and new like a baby. He stared at the blocky white bone peeking out of the skin like mountains rising up from the earth's crust. shouldn't be looking at this man. I tried picking him up back away. He was sitting down on the road now, staring at all the pox and fly-field bumps around his chest and belly. Mom was supposed to read me a story last night, Chuck said. I gripped his shoulder, and he threw my hand away from him. He flit, he clutched his face with, his, with taut fists, as if he wanted to keep it from melting and sliding off his bones. His cig burnt next to him. I got, I got, it got picked up and danced off of the wind. The wind hushed us for a good bit. The truck motors beneath, hummed beneath the wind's voice, just loud enough to drown out the buzz from the flies went back to bed on the night that his mom died. Rusted red Ford rattled down the road with stacks of cabbage and carrots bagged up in the back. Mr. Earl must have been coming back from the late farmer's market. He smiled like Elvis and greased his hair every morning the same way. He was a barber on the side that dressed like Johnny Cash, always all black. He he crunch-rocked the truck to a stop and rolled the side windows down at us. You boys get away from that horse. Ain't clean, he shouted at us. Chuck didn't budge. I thought I was going to sit on the earth and let the dirt slowly wash over him, become a sad, lonely mummy dug up from the clay. I put a hand on his shoulder again, gripped it tight. I wasn't there for Miss Thompson, Wanted to be there for Chuck. We're fine, Mr. Earl, I told him. I know your mothers wouldn't want y'all near that. Then go and tell them, Mr. Earl, I shouted back at him. His face turned as pale as a horse's bones. He probably heard the news about Miss Thompson from the ladies at the market. He sucked his cheeks in like he wanted to suck back what he said and rolled up the window instead. I watched him roll on down the dirt road, spraying red dust into the orange-splashed sunset. I whipped my cig out and offered it to Chuck. He wiped dust-caked tears from his eyes and lit it. We spent that afternoon with no words passing between us, only a lit cig and a dead horse. He gripped my hand tightly and I held his. So, Chucky was real. He was a friend of mine back in Clarksville, Tennessee. We used to play basketball in the cul-de-sacs all the time. And his mother was stabbed to death. But that's where the fiction kicks in after that that event, because Child Protective Services came by and swooped him up. It shocked a lot of us because we were a network of children in the projects, all raised without fathers. And so, as young males, we relied leaning on each other to identify what masculinity is, what it means to grow up and be a man, furthermore, a godly man, because it was a very religious southern society. So, we had to take it upon ourselves, minus a fatherly figure, to define these things. Chucky's dad, every now and then, was willing to come out and play basketball with us and play other sport games with us and hang out and be a part of the the part of the, that network. And so, he put himself in a position where we could deify him, allow him to be the patriarchal figure that we that we try to build ourselves into. Um, with, I guess the reason why I wrote this story is because and I didn't solve any answers either, by the way, is I was wondering as a kid, how does this affect us? How is it that when we lack a father figure and we have when we lack a father figure and when one is superimposed on us and we can no longer craft this superimposed fatherly figure into an ethical an ethical hero like we want to, how do we handle this? How do we perceive people? Um, it's it's the breaking of ethics from black and white into a grey zone. And at the age of at the age of eight when this happened to me, um, in Chucky at least, it was It was very difficult for us to mentally grasp and comprehend writing this as a fictional piece kind of allowed me to go back and reassess a lot of things I guess I skipped over um it was I guess overall the piece itself is supposed to be kind of like a letter to Chucky I still have I've always been meaning to get back in touch with the guy and I never actually did Um, It's also a letter to all the kids back in Clarksville, Tennessee, back in that cold sack. that are still stuck there. And to this day, I guess, wondering if they themselves have become that man yet, that godly man that we were supposed to find. But I hope you guys enjoy it. All
0: right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed that last story of 2016. Hope you enjoyed uh, most, some, a little bit of what we put out in uh, 2016. Uh, And I hope that you're going to enjoy what we put out in 2017. I'm really excited about some of the stuff we have coming up uh this next year and uh i can't wait to read more and more and more and uh, that happens if you submit so go to goldwalkmag.com and learn how to submit read about our contributors uh subscribe in itunes all that other stuff i'm gonna stop rambling because i feel like that's all i've been doing this year so um 2017 hope it's a good one hope to see you then